morning, church. My name is Pastor Corey. Thank you, TJ, Sydney, Sydney, and Cameron. On Thursday night at Satellite, they did that song with a full band and a room full of young adults. And it was incredible. The room came alive. What a good song that we can sing together in worship this morning. Now we're going to go to a time of opening the word. It's going to look a little different this morning. Um, I want to start by addressing the elephant not in the room. The elephant not in the room for me is you. You're not in the room. I am actually speaking to a camera, and as much as I'm not supposed to address that, I'm going to, to try to just get over the fact that this is happening, and this is the way we're doing it today. The elephant not in the room for you is Pastor John. He's having some much-needed family time. His son and grandson came down for the weekend to spend time with him and Shelly. What a blessing it is to be together as family this weekend. Amen. I also want to give a little update. Last week, I prayed for Michelle Wallace. It looked like she was facing a week in the hospital. She has asthma, and she tested positive for COVID and was hospitalized. We prayed for her on Sunday morning, and a couple days later... We saw an answer to that prayer. She was sent home on oxygen and blood clots, and she's recovering at home. Amen. Also, the name Wallace might be familiar to you because TJ Wallace is our worship leader. And there have been some questions this week about him. And TJ tested and quarantined. There were four people in satellite who came in contact with him and felt like they too should be tested. They tested and quarantined. And I am happy to report that all five of the people tested negative. We are doing everything we can to make sure that our congregation is safe. If you're not feeling well, please let us know so we can be praying for you. With that, we live in a time of COVID, so I want to address four things Three of them you're very familiar with, you hear all the time, and you're probably sick of hearing them, but I want to add a fourth, and I'm going to put it first, because I think it's the most important. Four things you need to do. The first thing, and most important thing, you need to pray. You need to be in prayer. You also need to physical distance. We need to use facial coverings when we can't physically distance from people, or when it's required. And you need to wash your hands. You've probably heard all of this enough. Signs, literally signs, signs everywhere, right? Everywhere you go, there are signs reminding you of the pandemic. You enter into our worship center, and there are signs, those little round signs we're all familiar with on the floor, telling us what direction to go and how to get in and out of the building. You go into a restroom and it tells you to wash your hands. You go up to a door of a store and it tells you to make sure you put your facial covering on. Listen, recently I was traveling home from down south and I stopped at a Chevron to get gas and I went in to use the restroom. And as I was leaving, I went over to the sink to wash my hands. The sink wasn't an automatic sink. You had to touch it to turn it on. And then I looked at the paper towel dispenser and you had to touch that to get paper towels. And then I looked at the door, and you had to touch the door handle to get out of the restroom. So I made a decision in the moment. As somebody who struggles with germs, I made a decision in the moment not to wash my hands. 
And I stepped over to the door where I was waiting for someone to walk through the door so I could grab it with my foot and exit without touching anything in the restroom except for myself. Listen, it wasn't popular for somebody else who was leaving the restroom at the same time as I was. And he walked up to me and he said, you're not going to wash your hand. We're living in a pandemic. And I said, nope, I'm not going to wash my hands. That sink requires me to touch it. That paper towel dispenser requires me to touch it. And that door requires me to touch it. So I am going to leave here as soon as somebody opens the door for me. And I'm going to be safer for it. And he looked at me and he went, okay. And he stepped up next to me and he decided not to wash his hands either. So we waited for the next person to enter into the restroom. Awkward silence, by the way. And we left the restroom and the building. I went back to my car. I put the nozzle back. Got started to get into my car, got my hand sanitizer. Listen, I have hand sanitizer in every vehicle. I have hand sanitizer at the entrance to my door. I have hand sanitizer on every sink and in our dining room of our home. This isn't because of the pandemic. This is because of me. Colds and flus exist. So I got the hand sanitizer out of the door of my car and I sanitized my hands. And I looked over as I was kind of rubbing my hands together and I saw the guy that was in the restroom at the same time. So I walked over to him and I went, hand sanitizer? And he said, sure. And hand sanitized, have a great day. It was a great interaction with somebody. Awkward, weird, yes, but a great interaction with somebody. Listen, there are so many weird things going on around this. Some people have told me that you have to sing a song while you wash your hands to make sure you wash your hands for a full 20 seconds. I've heard happy birthday twice works. I've heard twinkle, twinkle, little star. Now imagine if I was in that restroom washing my hands, reciting twinkle, twinkle, little star. It would have been a completely different awkward experience, right? But my favorite is the chorus to R.E.M.'s classic, it is the end of the, it's the end of the world as we know it. That is a great song to wash your hands to. Listen, I know you're tired of hearing all of this, and some of you have probably already tuned out this morning. You've probably been tired of hearing about this since grandma preached it back in the day. But I'm going to say it again. Wash your hands. So this morning I thought it would be fun, somewhat enlightening, to share about what the Bible has to say about hand washing. There are probably more scriptures and instances than I'm going to share with you or mention, but I see three reasons for washing your hands that are found in scriptures. Of course, one reason people wash their hands was sanitation. Sanitation. There are several places in the Old Testament where God commanded his people to wash their hands. Now, this many times was mostly symbolic or ritualistic, but sometimes he required people to wash their hands for sanitary purposes. Probably didn't have signs everywhere or notes on the floor reminding people to do it, but he did require it. And we find one of these instances buried in what is known as one of the most boring books of the Bible. And every person knows what I'm talking about. We find it in Leviticus. Several chapters in Leviticus are dedicated to dealing with potentially infectious diseases, including the skin diseases like leprosy and others that included unusual bodily discharges. 
God gave the Israelites very specific instructions for preventing the spread of potentially dangerous diseases. And one of the instructions he gave was to wash hands. Leviticus 15.11 says this, Anyone whom the one with the discharge touches without having rinsed his hands in water shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. Being ceremonially unclean, by the way, meant the person wasn't supposed to come in close contact with others. And that was so that they could curb the spread of whatever it is that they came in contact with. Just a few chapters before that, the Bible says this, as long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. Leviticus 13.36 says that. I find it fascinating that thousands of years before COVID or before science discovered bacteria and microbes, God instructed his people to wash their hands and quarantine outside the camp. Israelites were practicing physical distancing long before you and, ever, you and I ever got sick of hearing about it. Additionally, when a person was healed of their infection, God instructed them this, he shall then wash his clothes and bathe his body in running water and will become clean. Leviticus 15, 13. Interesting fact here. God instructed to wash their hands in running water. Up until the 1800s, doctors would use a basin of still water to clean their hands, leaving germs that resulted in countless deaths. We know now to use running water, but Leviticus told us that before science did. The point is this. God was telling us to wash our hands and isolate during sickness long before our government was. If you're sick, stay home. Get better. Keep others healthy. Seriously, you might save a life. If not your own, somebody else's. Is this a popular opinion in today's culture right now, today? No, it's not a popular opinion. I'm as sick of this as any of you are. But I serve a greater purpose when I choose to serve a greater good by serving a great God. So sanitation is one reason people wash their hands. Another reason people wash their hands in scripture is separation. In ancient times, washing your hands could be done symbolically to separate yourself from a situation or a person. In today's culture, we don't do this symbolically, like the physical act of washing our hands, but we do have a phrase that goes back to this, and you might know what it is if you do shout it out from wherever you're sitting. sitting. The phrase is, I wash my hands of this. And it simply means you don't want to be involved with something or someone. In the New Testament, we have a great example of a time when this happened, and maybe you're thinking of it right now. Pontius Pilate, right? The Pharisees had dragged Jesus before the Roman governor in the middle of the night to be executed. And Pilate, after interrogating him, found no reason for the execution. Of course, the mob grew, and they started shouting, crucify him, crucify him, and Pilate knew he had to do something. So Pilate, fearful of a riot and things getting out of control, 
he called for a basin of water and washed his hands. And we read about this in Matthew 27, 24. It says this, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. He washed his hands of the guilt. You know the rest of the story. Now, Pilate isn't the best moral example for us, but it is an occurrence of washing your hands as a symbolism of separation from something that's happening. He didn't want to share in their guilt, but he should have stood up. Instead, he allowed the injustice to take place. Probably a more positive example to share with you this morning is that of King David. We find this in Psalm 26, 5 through 6. King David says this, I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord. David here is standing against liars and hypocrites and evildoers. He separates himself from them. Perhaps we would do really good in our own personal lives to follow his example. He recognized wrongdoing and wickedness, and he refused to join in. Here's the rub. We're often ignorant of the evil around us, and that is no excuse. Quick story for you. In the early 1900s, around the turn of the century, musicians noticed that all of the errand boys in a certain part of London were all whistling out of tune as they rode around on their bicycles making their deliveries. After a while, they discovered the source. The reason for their poor pitch was that the bells of Westminster were slightly out of tune, and the errand boys had unconsciously copied their pitch. Listen, in the same way, we tend to copy people with whom we associate or we're around. Our worldview is constantly being shaped by the books we read, by the news we watch, by the music we listen to, by the TV shows we watch, by the people we're around, and it often happens without us even noticing it. So you want to have clean hands before the Lord? Then we need to be careful about the company we keep and the influences we allow in our lives. We need to separate ourselves from sinful influences and situations just like David did in the Psalms. You have my permission this morning. The next time you wash your hand, just think about something in your life that you need to separate from. Some evil, some wickedness, some sin in your life that you need to separate from. And you have my permission this morning to separate yourself from that. So first we see hand washing for sanitation purposes, and then we read of hand washing for separation purposes. Finally, we read of hand washing for sanctification. Sanctification is a big word. It simply means the act or process of being made holy. Washing your hands was symbolic for purifying or sanctifying your heart and mind. Maybe you didn't think of it that way. Maybe you only thought of it as the physical act. You're not just supposed to wash your hands before you eat. You're not supposed to just pray before you eat either. Actually, washing your hands is a symbol for purifying or sanctifying your heart and mind. This goes all the way back to the construction of the tabernacle in the days of Aaron and Moses. In Exodus 30, 18 through 20, we read this. 
God instructs Moses, make a bronze wash basin with a bronze stand. Place it between the tabernacle and the altar and fill it with water. Aaron and his, Aaron and his sons will wash their hands and feet there. They must wash with water whenever they go into the tabernacle to appear before the Lord and when they approach the altar to burn their special gifts to the Lord. This ritual washing was an important step in preparing the priests' hearts and minds for service in the tabernacle. Washing with water symbolized spiritual cleansing, which was necessary to enter into God's holy presence. David picks this up in Psalm 24, 3 through 4. Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. James uses the same imagery in the New Testament, saying, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts. James 4, 8. These passages highlight our need, the need of every human being, to be made clean and holy before God. Obviously, literally washing your hands doesn't cleanse your heart. It's merely symbolic. The next time you wash your hands, instead of singing a happy little tune, maybe say a prayer that lasts about 20 seconds long, that the Lord would give you clean hands and a pure heart. As we grow in our faith, we should remember sanctification every time we wash our hands. And finally, please, please wash your hands before coming to church. Wash them for sanitary reasons. Wash them as symbolism of a promise to God to separate from evil and those who do evil. Wash them as recognition of God's work in your life, the act of becoming more like him or sanctification. We're going to go into a time of communion. And if you're watching at home, I want you to pause right now. And I want everybody who's watching, watching to go and wash their hands as they prepare their hearts to receive God's holy communion. If you did that, welcome back. If you didn't, hopefully you did it symbolically in your mind and you've said a prayer. I really hope you will take time today to love your family, to bring calm into the chaos of our world, not add more chaos to it. To make somebody's life just a little bit better, recently I went to Starbucks with Pastor Tim and Christine. It's a long line at Starbucks. There's a lot of people waiting. There's plenty of time to interact with the person on the other side of the microphone or the other side of the speaker. So when she said, welcome to Starbucks, may I take your order? I said, how are you today? And I proceeded to probably have about a three to four minute conversation with her that included talking about the best part of her day, which was watching a dog consume a puppuccino in front of her. And I promised her that I would in turn bring back my Walter, who is a pug, and let him consume a puppuccino in front of her. And it is the most amazing thing you will ever see in your life to watch a pug because they have those jowls and the big, you know, like it's crazy when they consume a puppuccino. And by the time we drove just two feet forward to catch up with the car in front of us, Two feet, wasn't that far, I looked over at Pastor Tim and he was exhausted. Absolutely exhausted. I was merely taking time to try to make this young lady's life better. Danielle at Starbucks, I hope you're listening. And I hope you have a great day.
Pastor Tim's pretty matter of fact. Welcome to Starbucks. May we take your order? Yes, you can. Here it is. Thank you very much. Good day. I hope you'll take the time to make somebody's day better today. I know Pastor Tim will now. The world needs you. God wants you. And I love you. Let's go into a time of communion. It was actually a very inspiring moment. I mean that sincerely. Corey took the time to minister to somebody, and I did learn from that. This is the heart of the Christian life, actually, that we need to care about those that are around us. We're going to take a moment to enjoy communion together. I want to give you a moment to make sure you get your elements if you have the ones that we provide for you. I'll give you just a moment as I talk here to, to get them opened up and get ready to go. I would like to say a couple of things to you while you do that. You know, um, at the beginning of his ministry, the Lord Jesus gave us what we call an ordinance. It's called baptism. That was at the beginning of his ministry. It is the, it is the thing that all believers do. It's their first act of obedience. And it pictures what Jesus did for us on the cross. And it proclaims to all that we are going to live our lives for Christ. And then at the end of his ministry, he gave us another precious ordinance that we are going to uh, interact together in right now, and that's called communion. It pictures, again, the work of, the, of our Lord on the cross. The bread signifies his broken body, The juice signifies, is significant and reminds us of his shed blood. And all of this reminds us that we are clean and we are clean for good. And there is nothing that can take us away from, take that away from us. Praise Jesus for what he did for us on the cross. Before we take of the elements, I'm gonna give you a moment to speak to your Lord. Let's calm our hearts before the Lord and you speak to him. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so very much. And he said, take and eat. In the same way, he took the cup and he 
said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Remember this, do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Drink. Father, we are clean because of you and we are so grateful. Thank you for these precious moments that we stop long enough to remember what you've done for us. Forgive us for the times that we do forget, Lord. For there is nothing that can take away the salvation that you have given to us through your cross. Whenever you eat this bread, drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. God bless you all. And let's continue to worship with this last song together.